Listen to God's word from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 with the beautiful entry that Paul always gives in his letters. To the church of Thessalonians, in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in, only, not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full convictions, just, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you may become, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that me may have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, Paul is writing to um, the church in Thessalonia that he had only had the opportunity to worship with for about a month. He wasn't there for a long time. But he is writing back to them to tell them what a great people they are, what great people of faith they are. And you know that we we look for um, the perfect church, and there are certainly churches that um, are beautiful, Be beautiful cathedrals, beautiful churches. If you are driving down Highway Forty Three and you see Birch Chapel, you know it's a church. You don't have to guess. It looks like a church that we think a church should look like. I think about that every time I see it when I come over that hill. It looks like a church. But the church is just not the four walls. The church is the people. And that is what Paul is saying. And he is thankful for them. You know, when, when you hear a certain <coughs> word used in the Bible, you need to take a little note. And he uses this word quite often in this passage, and so I will use it quite often today too. And that word is always. Boy, is there a more strong word God could give us an encouragement than always. Always, thank God. It's great encouragement. 
It calls us to grow in our faith, to understand really the meaning, the deep meaning, the depth of God's Word. It is by hearing God's Word that we grow in our Christian faith. Psalm 84.10 says for us, after we know we come every Sunday and meet and worship together here at the foot of the Savior's cross. And these words from 84 speak to us. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. We always thank God. We thank God for every believer, every person of faith, where they are sitting with us here today or not, but if they are people of faith, we thank God for them. It was God's powerful word that they have heard. You know, Paul writes a very inspired word from God to the believers of Thessalonica. You hear in verse 1 that he is traveling with Silas and Timothy, and sometimes I forget, or we tend to forget just where Paul came from. Before his conversion, he was the one known as Saul. He was a persecutor of Christians. And now, look at him. He is a man of true faith. He sends those beautiful words and greetings, the grace of God and peace. And he says to them, grace is God's undeserved love. Peace, he says, which only God gives in forgiveness. Paul reminds these believers the very death of God's blessings, that they possess that grace and that peace. You, too, possess that grace and peace. And Paul is thankful. And because of his thankfulness, it leads him to pray for each one, to pray for each believer. He tells us why he prays for them. He says because it is by their faith that they have produced great works. It's not their great works, as we all know, that produce faith. But it is by their great faith that they produce great works, great actions. He knows what they do is motivated out of love. Love for God and love for one another. It is the love that prompted them to these great works in their faith. He also says that they have eternal hope for the future. Hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is thankful always because they lived faithful, loving lives, finding their hope 
in Christ Jesus. Finding their faith in God and loving God, which makes them love each other. You know, Sunday after Sunday, we do gather here. And it's a generational thing. I mean, we're blessed. We talked a little bit about this last week. We are blessed and privileged to gather. I think about that, too, every time I see this church. This house of worship was built upon others' dedication in great faith and love. And it is by their fruits that we enjoy this church. That we come week after week for 204 years. I think that's something to celebrate. I think that is something to be thankful for. That we still have a spiritual house in a place of worship. 1 Peter 2.5 says to us, because of our generational worshiping here, you also, living like stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are thankful because those who came before us their cornerstone was Jesus Christ. You know, we are thankful that most Sundays um, our hymns are theologically and doctrinally sound. You know, you, you, I don't always select the hymns. Sometimes I get stumped. And I know I push sometimes out there on different hymns. But all of these hymns are researched to build upon the word that you're going to hear. Because I am called to give a doctrinally, biblically sound sermon, which is what I hope I do, I pray that I do. But there is something more to this when we hear the message of our God. We are thankful for Christian worship. Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting together as some in, are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another and all the more you see the day approaching. We gather together to hear and be encouraged in our faith. And we encourage one another. I love that aspect of worship. To be encouraged to one another. You know, there are words from God that we need to hear. Some that we have heard over and over and over again. But they have meaning for our life. Sometimes in this unsettling world, it's the only thing we have to hang on to. It's the Word of God. And that's where we should cling. To the Word of God. Paul says to us, 
John says to us in beautiful words, Jesus said this in the most beautiful way. When it is struggling out there, when there is chaos out in this world, and in this past two weeks, we have seen the chaos. Christ says to us, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. God's peace is forgiveness. Our souls are at peace with God. We thank God for his powerful words. Have you ever thanked him for giving people these powerful words for us to learn by, to cling to, to know more about him? The Bible reveals to us all the characters that God possesses, his humanness, his great power, his love, is all contained in these words. We have to remember that when this is being written, when Paul is traveling with Silas and Timothy, they are first generation Christians. I find that so amazing. Because I, I was trying to look back in my tree how far that would be that we were Christians. We have many, 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 many generations to stand upon, to learn from, to know about Christ's life, death, and resurrection and what it means for us. You know, Paul was a persecutor of Christians, and now he is going about proclaiming that the Messiah lived, that the Messiah died, and that he was rose from the grave for each person, for all of God's children. What a 180. Becoming a Christian, becoming a man of faith and love and believing made in Paul's life. God's powerful word changes lives. You know, it wasn't Paul that changed people's lives. It wasn't Cyrus who met him on the road to Damascus that changed Paul's life. It was God who changed Paul's life. God will run after you and find you and changes your life. Paul was not a particularly persuasive teacher. I think he is. I'm a real Paulinian. I love what Paul writes, especially in Romans. But it was God's word that changes people. It is God with the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction 
that changes people's lives. And we are always thankful for that. When you think about the Word of God and how it changes people's lives and the salvation that it offers, I just told y'all I was a big fan of Romans, and I am. And I come out of Romans 1.16 when I read this. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. God's gospel is the power to change everyone forever. Forever. And we sit today, every one of us, who have experienced God's word, God's power, God's Holy Spirit, God's conviction changing us. And my prayer is he never stops working on me. I pray he never stops working on you. Because I am thankful for each one of you here. And I pray for each one of you here. Amen.